Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Time Light Mint How Poetry Found Me podcast. In this podcast, I try to focus on the concepts of writing, the concept of you freeing yourself through writing, and finding that avenue of expression in your life. And whatever you uncover about your life, you actually get out and try to enjoy the process of living, which is difficult at most times. But nonetheless, I'm here to try to explain to you how poetry found me, and I hope that your life is finding you trying to accomplish your goals and looking at the changes and the challenges that you have to become the person that you ultimately see in your mind's eye and the vision that you've created for yourself And that vision surrounds your life and you're working towards it every single day. My name is Leroy and I'm your host of this podcast. And so far we have talked about volumes one, two, and three. And now we're getting into volume four, which is pivotal for me. I hope that you can understand why it's pivotal when I express to you how I got to the idea of this particular volume cover and the back of the book and what it symbolizes and what it actually means to me and what it would mean to the world abroad once they can sit down and invest in volume one of the Time Lightning series and read up until volume four to see how the universe tapped my mind in order for me to express my life, my love, my joy, my pain, my anguish, my lack of accomplishment, and my accomplishment all rolled into one, and that ended up being an expression of me losing my mother. Now, understand this very clearly, ladies and gentlemen. I've been writing for a long time, but initially when I started, I had that rude awakening that rested in my heart and my soul and in my mind the thing that my mother said to me when I was younger and that was no one lives forever and when she passed away it's like that quote or that phrase hit me square in the face it hit me in my third eye and it shattered all hopes to the most, for the most part, of me being able to accomplish the things that I wanted for her. And life is a, it's a beautiful process, and people say that life beats you up. If you can take a neutral point or be an objective person and look at life, life doesn't do anything. It's our conditioning and what we create around our life emotionally that determines the degree to which life lays down the hammer the hammer on your situation or my situation or life situation but no matter what life does to you life is going to continue to progress and when I get to Volume number four, it still showed me that I'm still living 
and through spiritual inspiration, I'm still writing. Now, I want you all to go out and start with volume one to the Time Lightning series. You can type my name, Leroy Fleming, into the Amazon website and you will see my body of work. And if you were to say to me, where would you want to start? People used to ask me that all the time. And generally, I would say, if you want to know how I got into the process of writing, I would say start with book one and let it take you through book five. That way you can get an understanding of what my mind was during the process of writing this. I'm far removed from it now, but then I was too emotionally involved to understand what I was doing at the time. With that being said, I want to jump into the cover to Time Lightment, volume number four. And I just kind of briefly build the attachment up to four so that there would be uh, understanding as the podcast progresses to book number five. And everybody would be able to follow the progress from the cover. Cover number one was a young man being reborn into a new beginning. All the old things that once held his life or held life together has been shattered. And now his new thinking or the way his mind is that now he has to take a different journey. And you'll see him submerged in water. You'll see the sun rays touching his heart. You'll see the energy bubbles on his right and left hand, which gives him balance. And you'll see the sand that he used to walk into the water. And he also used that sand to walk out of the water. And he proceeded on this journey, on this quest, as you may say, to find himself. So the next time you see him, he's sitting on a bench. And he's secluded. He's by himself. He's in an open landmass with two trees, one to the left, one to the right, and then two image of two birds in silhouette, which symbolizes the thought of the man and the person questioning what does life really mean. And then he gets up from there and then he walks. And in volume three, he's in front of a lake. He has his arms elevated, looking up to the heavens. And he says he's understand, understands. And in the foreground, you're going to see a city. And that city is equivalent to the turbulence that he's about to go through. But in volume three, he seems as if he understands what he's been going through. Now he's going to proceed into the jungle of mankind to find his way. And on cover on volume number four, which you're going to find really interesting when you when you look at the cover and when you understand the concept behind the cover. What happens on volume four, when you look at it really closely, you're going to see this immense city. And it could be any city in the world where there's a high density of people, ideas, concepts, dreams, innovation, discoveries, questions that needs to be answered. But in this particular cover, when a man goes into a world such as the world of man and it's a jungle of survival of the fittest, he often feels alone. So therefore, 
the natural inclination for a man is to find a woman, someone that he could hold on to, someone that he could cling on to, so that the journey of transitioning from, you know, revelations to taking a journey with someone else could be more of a grounding situation for the person. And the genuine, the artist, the person that drew this was once again Corn. He came back to draw a volume four for me, and I just told him I just needed to have a man and woman kind of sketch. And me and his mother was sitting down one day, and he drew that image. And when he drew that image, that image went inside of the book. And the rest of it began my interpretation of what I wanted to cover to look like, and what I wanted to cover to say to the human family. When you look at it right at the very front, you're going to see a woman and a man and this man is enraptured in this woman, love and and affection for him. That he really doesn't see anything else but the love of this woman. He doesn't see the city so much. But he knows that or he feels that he has this person on his side. And he feels that he can handle whatever he's confronted with at this particular time in his life. And then there's this city that when you see the city, you you see a world of great innovation, great structure building. And if you were to look deeper, you can see that there's people actually really wanting to make the world a better place. And his idea at this time is that love is the better place. If you can find love in a city, then you have mastered the game of love. And I know that a lot of times when we go searching for love, ladies and gentlemen, we're looking for that love to be in another person initially. And when you think about it, you got to realize that most of the time with male and females that just you're going to be instantly drawn to the opposite sex so that you can find somebody you can like somebody who can like you and then ultimately it grows in love but what i decided to add to it is the journey of this particular person so that it'll be known to the reader and known to anyone that sees a depiction that there's always an elevated state to the person that's involved in your life. And there's an elevated thing that you must take mentally in order for you to see clearly what life is all about. And above the city, you're going to see three eagles. And in the eagle's talons, you're going to see volumes one, two, and three. And these eagles are flying off with these books. And in and, and deep in the foreground, you're going to see mountains. You're going to see a sky that's, that's littered with, like, does it want to rain? Is it night? Is it sun? Is it day? What emotional state that you're in? But the eagles don't have any attachment to our world. And they're willing to carry this legacy to the ends of the earth so that whenever someone can find themselves, they will find themselves in an elevated state. And this front cover, ladies and gentlemen, speaks volume to just how I was processing the loss of my life 
and how I was processing what I'm supposed to do to keep my dream intact and keep my inspiration focused enough so that spiritually, I guess, I could show my mom what I was what I was after. Now we come to the most pivotal part of the book. And I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about this. Hopefully you find it interesting and that you're holding on and you can understand why I took this journey. On the back of the cover, I was telling you guys in volumes one, two, and three that I really didn't want to put my image back there, but the publisher insisted I put something back there to get the readers to know who I am. And I had the hardest time trying to put my mother on any of the covers that I had simply because I wasn't ready to see her image at that time. And to see her image at any time during the writing process would, would well me up with tears. I would find myself crying for no reason other than the fact that she wasn't here and I'm trying to express myself through these words that she can understand why I was doing what I was doing. Hopefully she could see the clarity of what I was doing and then I could you know, transcend all the emotions that were, that were going through me at the time. Before I talk about my mom, I want to talk about another young lady that I spent some time talking about in one of my earlier podcasts. Her name is Connie. And Connie had lost her daughter. And when she lost her daughter, when we was working at Walmart in Mount Dora, Florida, she literally, like, life became a standstill for her and her family. And it was a traumatic experience for her to lose her daughter the way that her daughter passed away. And here's something that I found interesting. Prior to that, my life of writing had come to an end. It was frozen. I guess this is what people call writer's block. But I don't want to call it writer's block because I wasn't writing methodically. I didn't have a method for it. It was just a quietening of the mind. And I just couldn't process it because my initial goal was to just try to get through the books so that my mind could be free, but it became frozen. And when I would see Connie at work, I would speak to her sparingly. And I still managed the time Leo would say things, but I didn't know how to approach someone with that. Even though I lost my mom, I don't know the approach to anybody. When you lose a loved one, what can you say or do to comfort them? And sometimes when people lose people, there's no comfort that you can say or anything that you could do to make it worthwhile. And I I bit my tongue until one day I went to her office and I said, look, I don't know if they told you or how things are about me, but I'm writing books and I'm trying to find a way to clear my mind of my situation. I said, well, I've come to a block in my writing and I don't think I can proceed unless I extend this invitation to you. I said, when I get ready to publish my books, I wanted to know whether or not you would be willing to write whatever you want to write as a contribution to the books that will be ultimately seen throughout the world. She looked at me kind of puzzled, like, why would I do that? But she said, okay. 
And I left it at that. I didn't say anything to her at that point. But the, the most amazing thing happened. When I asked her and she accepted, whatever block I had was eliminated and then the writings could start back up again. And to me, that's a lesson of giving. Sometimes we're so eager to want to finish something that we don't look and see why we're frozen. My books were a dedication to life. It was a dedication to my mother. It was a dedication to the Supreme Being who gave me the opportunity to write what I was expressing. And that was slowed down because I had to learn a lesson in terms of inviting someone else in to contribute to the work that will ultimately be seen throughout the world. Now, she did ultimately write, and what I titled it inside of the book, I titled it Connie's Pages, Connie's Page, in which she can go on and talk about whatever she felt she wanted to talk about outside of what I was writing. I was trying to get her to contribute her life lessons so that it'll become a life lesson in the Time Lightment series. And that when you read about her journey and you read about my journey, you will see that we all have the same journey. The road may appear different, but it's the same road. And when she did that, I was really relieved for her and myself. She added tremendous value to a work that was already valuable. And I thank her for that. I thank her for sitting down, trying to recall painful memories about her lovely daughter and make a tribute to her loving family. She pulled everything out of her that she could to write in my books. And I am deeply grateful for that. I'm thankful and I'm spiritually aware of what it means to share with someone. And she shared a lot with me. And I'm sharing a lot with you because she's a really private person. But I just want to try to get you to understand that when you write, you release. Don't let anyone tell you how to keep your peace. When you write, you release. To me, it's like you're holding energy in a way that you can't express it to the world and you're holding it in. But when you write, you release. When you take a pen and you just write, whatever is inside of you, you have to realize that it's coming out on, it's coming out of your mind, going through your arm, through the pen, on the page, and it's coming out of you. You can't retain it when it comes out of you. Even if you go back and you say that you're mad, you can't be mad at what you wrote because what you wrote at the time needed to come out of you. That's what I did. That's what I do. That's why I did it for 16 books. And that's why Connie went out to make the contribution. When you look at the back of the book, the heading of the back of the book is titled When I Leave. And there's a piece in the book title when I leave. But when you look at the book, the first picture you're going to see is Connie's daughter. Her name is Alyssa. 
and she had dreams and goals and aspirations of for her life just as we all do because I was able to put her there then I was able to put my mom there and the bottom picture you see would be a picture of my mom and the universe made me feel so grateful that I was able to do that because now I get to see and you get to see who she is and what she meant to me and what she meant to her family her children my, my her grandchildren what wasn't quite old enough to know the difference between what was going on they just knew that she was gone but we had her in our lives and we knew what she meant to us and you have to always think about what you mean to other people in the lives that you live every day of your life ladies and gentlemen and you have to be able to find those people that motivate you that encourage you that are beside you to to teach you how to to go on and make life meaningful for yourself and if you could do this then you are taking your life to new levels to new heights and you and you begin to understand what it means to be at one with yourself and at peace with everything that life throws at you and the one thing i want to say to you is that life is going to throw a lot at you whatever circumstances you you live in life is going to come and visit you one day and say hey do you remember me do you remember what you said to me do you remember what you were supposed to do do you remember what you were created for then why do you have all this pain you know death is a natural thing but when you're in pain you don't really you don't really get that there's nothing that anybody could say to you that could clarify for you what you think life means when i was able to put my mom on the back and put Connie's daughter on the back it gave me a sense of relief knowing that i reached a point in my life where i could do that even when you begin to write ladies and gentlemen or pursue your dreams you have to get to a point to where you're comfortable but you have to be uncomfortable at the same time you have to be uncomfortable for the simple fact that you're doing something new right you got to be uncomfortable to know that what you're chasing is not in a comfort zone yet you have to be comfort you have to be comfortable internally to know that it all is going to work out for the same end and with that being said i'm going to read to you this piece i wrote that's titled when i leave and hopefully you can understand what it means as it relates to all humankind It says to this life I ask the I ask that people don't grieve too long for me. I say this especially for my family. All I wanted to see was for us all to be free. To live life the way it was intended to be. Looking to each other and looking each other in the eyes with love and caring for each other with divine love. to get along the best way we know how i look 
to you for all the comfort a person could have and the arguments that we looked at later and laughed. So don't cry too long for me when I'm gone. Although in my heart, I know you will have some pain. It's only natural because what we have shared, but never fear for I will always be there. So do the best you can and take care. Bury me and know that my life, and know that in my life I ran my course. I lived to a good old age, but my own, but my own emotions were my cage. I managed to do the best for you, and this is all I could do. So when you bury me and begin to cry, look to the heavenly sky and ask why. Then look at your life and your children and understand I love you all until the end. When when you go through something, ladies and gentlemen, and you decide to express it in words, don't take thought of structure or concept. Just let the pen flow. And when I wrote, when I leave, it was like my mom was like in that piece, just saying, don't worry. Don't cry. Even if you do, don't do it for too long. Because I'm going back to where we all belong. That touched me. You know what I mean? That should touch you when you know that you gave it 100% from the vantage point that you are entitled to look at your life. You are entitled to cry if you lose someone. But you shouldn't cry all your life. And if you feel like you need to cry all your life, ladies and gentlemen, this is the best time for you to write. Writing will take away, will alleviate a lot of crying. Life is helping you alleviate it by writing about it. Life doesn't want you to go through holding and harboring so much pain when there's so much happiness to gain. We all going to lose somebody that's important to us and there's nothing you or I could say or do about it. It is just a natural process of living. But what can aid you in your discomfort is if you can write about what you're feeling. If you can express what you're feeling in a way that soothes you, then it becomes a healing process for you. And when I began to write, I realized then that it was a healing process for me. And in my healing process, there were people who said that I should share it with the world, and that's what I'm doing. And I'm not advising you to do that. I'm just speaking on taking what's in you and taking it out of you and putting it on paper. 
That's it. That's any great song that you will hear, any great music piece you will hear, any great speech that you will hear. People are taking things that are inside of them and expressing it outside of them so that you can grab hold to what they're saying. And if you can do that, ladies and gentlemen, your mind could be made calmer. Had I kept all these thoughts in with the books that I've written, (laughs) I probably would have exploded in the world, you know, because it was too much running through there. Man, when I say my mind was running, it was running. And your mind is the same way. I know it because we're human and when we lose someone, it's full. And you have to empty it out by writing. And if you get a chance to go to a eulogy and you get a chance to say something on behalf of the person you love, then that's what you must do. Because the main thing is to empty out any feelings of toxicity. Even feelings of happiness. You have to release all of that so that you can live your best life. Live the life that you intended to live. Just one person is not here to see it physically. And you must go on and show them physically what your goal was so that they can understand this is the reason for you are doing what you were doing. So ladies and gentlemen, that's the cover to volume four. That's the back, the back cover as well. And the title of When I Leave, which is at the top of the back cover, which I tried to recite to you. I haven't read that at all. Just came to you as I saw it and as I read it. Hopefully you can kind of see the similarities between human life and that we all can begin this journey of understanding ourselves. This How Poetry Found Me podcast is simply about you chasing your dreams. But the main thing that you write your dream as well is very important that you write your dream and that you write emotionally how you feel about your life and your dreams and the circumstances. And that's why you see so many books in the world. And your book should always be a part of this world as well. Ladies and gentlemen, in closing, I please, 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 when I post this podcast on my Facebook, share it with your family and friends. Go to Anchor, listen to them, feel the message in them. Feel the fact that we have to change to become better human beings no matter what people say. Or just feel that when you're writing, you feel that you're changing your life by putting words in the place where they weren't before and to clear your mind of any kind of pain, joy, happiness, fulfillment so that it can become a living legacy for you. Please go to Amazon, type my name up, Leroy Fleming. And you'll see my body of work. If you're asking me where you should start, start with volume number one in the Town Lightning series and proceed all the way through. And I'll be doing volume five here for you soon. And then that will complete the Town Lightning series. But until then, I'm going to close with three of my favorite quotes. The first one is by Dr. Napoleon Hill, where he says, if the mind can conceive it and believe it, then the mind can achieve it. Whatever you see in your mind, Whatever it is you want to write, whatever it is you visualize, if you can construct it out on paper, you can achieve it. Antonio T. Smith Jr. says you can't plant better, you can't dominate. You have to put the seeds, new thoughts in your mind. Let that ferment, fertilize it and make it grow. And as you're growing, you're dominating your life 
And when you dominate your life, you can show people how to best dominate theirs. The last, last but not least, is the one that I created. It says, life does not require less from you. Life does not require more from you. Life only requires that you maximize your 24 hours. And if you can do that, you can have anything your mind desires. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for joining me on this podcast. Until next time, continue to write your life, to grow your life, and to be inspired by your life. Thank you.